Hey guys, welcome to Obsessed. Think of us as your personal development entourage, all wrapped up into one podcast. If you're committed to your personal development and believe your life is meant for more, then get ready to learn the tools you need to elevate this experience called life. Get obsessed with your life, just like us. We are Tia, Tristan, Mika, and Julie, and we are obsessed with humans on the verge of change. Hi, I'm Tristan, and I'm obsessed with your emotional well-being. Welcome, obsessors, to another episode. And today, get ready. The stick of dynamite is about ready to go off. We are talking with the fiery, the fierce, the very determined Kendra Beck. And she is teaching me, and she has taught me, this is why I want you to hear this message, that no matter what valley you are in right now, no matter what valley you are faced with, there is value to that pain. Welcome, Kendra Beck. She is speaking life into strife. And she has been through the ringer, yet somehow with her tenacity, grit, and resilience, she is on top. Kendra, I am so happy to have you finally here on the Obsessed Podcast. Hi, Jules. Yeah, I know. It's kind of crazy, right? We've talked about doing this for a long time, and <laughs> it, it's funny. It took so long. I don't know why. We talk almost every day. And just to have you as a presence in this space is amazing, but obsessors Kendra Beck really is the one that did inspire me and the rest of the obsessed girls to get into podcasting. Because as I watched her, as I watched her blossom into this amazing broadcaster, it was so inspirational. I could not turn away. Oh, well, Jules, I think you're giving me way too much credit, but thank you. I didn't do anything special. I just kind of put it out there in the universe. Not enough credit. Let me just tell you, not enough credit. And you know, we kick every episode off with this question, Kendra, that's K-I-N-D-R-A. What are you obsessed with? Jules, you know, I am obsessed with helping families stay connected after divorce. I hate to see them ripped apart. And so that's what I'm obsessed with is keeping them connected. Okay. So that is a fiery answer from the little firecracker here, Kendra Beck and keeping families together after divorce. I mean, that, that topic of divorce just triggers me, if you will, just to know the pain that people are going through when they're met with whatever it is, but it just doesn't work out. And for all of y'all that don't know, I went through a divorce maybe 15 years ago. It's been quite some time. And all in all, it was okay. And quite certainly the outcome is much better and good friends with my ex-spouse, my ex-spouse and my husband are friends. But when you're going through it, your world is rocked. You are a different person. It is a very painful, painful experience. And Kendra, you've seen it just be exponential in terms of pain. And that's what I want to focus on. Rethinking pain, rethinking pain and how we look at pain, because 
Kendra's made her pain her purpose. This is true. This is very true, Jolie. So, you know, I want to clarify when I'm saying keeping, you know, my obsession is helping families stay connected after a divorce. Um, you know, I want to clarify that's a divorce that involves children. And that could be a very high conflict custody battle. And that involves not just the mom and dad, but extended family, right? You're talking grandparents and uncles, cousins. And in some divorces, you see that they are completely separated from one side of the family, not by the children's doing, not by the children's knowledge, even, you know, that it just kind of happens, but the children are so affected because a lot of times you need both sides of the families, right? There is no reason to eliminate one whole side of a family tree. There, there is no reason for that to happen in a divorce. In a divorce, the man and the wife choose to divorce each other, but it doesn't mean they're divorcing their children. It doesn't mean the families are divorcing the children. And that is so important to me. And you know, that's where my passion has become my business and my mess, my message because I want to help others that are going through a really difficult divorce as I did starting about four years ago. And I want to help them navigate what that looks like and how to be prepared and even being prepared for what you don't even know that you need to be prepared for as I was. Right. And when the fights get so bitter, it drives me insane. When you see grown adults who stop thinking about the welfare of their children and are so ego-based and so focused on hurting the other person. Have you seen that a lot in your experience? Yes, Julie, you hit it on the head right there. Is It has nothing to do with the children. The children are used as pawns just because that's the only way that they can continue to hurt that other spouse or ex-spouse, um, even in a separation. And it doesn't have to be the person that initiated the divorce, it can just be wanting to cause the other person pain, right? So the one person that maybe wanted out of the divorce is also the person causing the other person pain. So on top of trying to deal with, you know, your spouse wanting a divorce and a separation, and maybe you didn't want that on top of that, they're hurting you to every means possible. And they're hurting you through your children. And that really just rips hearts out of parents. Oh my gosh, I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine the depths of if this happened to me, the depths of despair I would be in and anger I would hold on to. And it would be so hard for me to move past this horrific pain of having someone that you once loved that you started a family with and they decidedly tried to alienate your children against yourself. And it's so real and it's so common. Do you have any idea of statistics nationwide of how this happens and how to how many people this happens to? Yeah, Julie. So that's a great question. So this is a worldwide problem, even though we see that it doesn't happen as much in places like Sweden and Denmark, because they already have a court ruling when you get separated or even in temporary orders, it's, it doesn't even have to be final orders because we know temporary orders and a separation can last for several years. The children are split equally, and that is split time and the decisions are split between the parents. In America, 
it is different. And also in Australia and Canada, which I have contacts in as well. And as we're raising awareness, we're all kind of learning and educating, but this has been going on for years, but because the court systems have a one person gets custody and one person gets visitation type of standard, this is where we see the alienation comes into play. And I'm not talking about when I say alienation, it is not that you just talk bad about the other spouse in front of the kids, right? This is severe alienation. This is denying you contact with them, whether phone denying any, you know, visitation rights, this is denying any contact with extended families, right? So this is, this is severe, not seeing your children after trying and trying and trying and trying. And so with that being said, there's 22 million, 22 million Americans, Julie, that's just Americans. That is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Staggering. 22 million Americans are fighting this. It's, it's, you're right. It's unbelievable. It's just, it's, it's sad that it has gotten to this point. And if I put my legal cap on, I understand why the legal restrictions are there, the underpinnings of legislation, because there are some really bad parents and the courts, I feel have to err so much on the side of caution that they are almost creating a, well, 22 million people Mm -hmm. in the United States, creating a group of people who are marginalized and really cut off from the rights of their kids because they are erring so much on helping children who are really abused. And I do agree with you, Julie, because there are so many children that are abused. However, when you go into a divorce or a separation, almost immediately there has to be a ruling on what's going to happen with the children. And that is not an investigation that is based on physical abuse or sexual abuse or emotional abuse. That is simply sometimes somebody coming in and saying, well, one parent moved out of the school district and the other parent still resides in the school district. So the children are going to stay in the school district with that parent. And that is all that they base that on. And they could be like that for several years as they go through their divorce proceedings. So it has no, nothing to do with who is the better parent at that determination. But I do agree that that has to be investigated and it has to be investigated thoroughly because there are also false allegations of abuse that are out there. And one parent can claim that another parent is abusing them and even coerce or manipulate the child into believing that they are being abused. And when that happens, you have to bring in psychologists, you have to bring in professionals that have seen this before and understand and they get involved and that can take a long time. Wow. 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 The manipulation of these people who are just driven by anger is staggering. And when you say 22 million people are fighting this, this parental alienation, that means that so many more children are subject to this manipulation and brainwashing and it's horrible. And I know you as a divorce coach, a motivational speaker, quite honestly, this probably wasn't your path five years ago. I doubt you could have imagined that you would be sitting here on a podcast as a divorce coach and motivational speaker. And this is your platform it's almost like a job you never wanted, 
but now you know it's it's your mission. Yeah. And I think that goes back to what you're talking about, Julie. I think your pain, your pain doesn't have to be negative, right? Your pain can turn into your purpose. Your pain can create a new growth plan and a new growth path for you and can create a new life if you let it, but you have to do it the right way. And there's steps in that, that I go over with my clients as far as initiating, you know, feeling the pain, being in that time, it's grieving, right? Especially if you're not seeing your children in a divorce, like you would like to. I remember sitting with my ex on the back porch and we were watching our boys jumping on the trampoline and I started crying and I said, we will never be able to see them full time anymore if we divorce, like we will not be able to relish in these moments, like it's going to be split. And so I even understand if you're a stay at home mom and you're losing them on Wednesday nights and every other weekend, like the standard order is in most of the states in the US, that's still time that you're missing, right? That's still pain. And you still have to deal with that. And you still have to figure out what you do with that openness on your calendar. Right. And it's not the craziness. And so that's one of the things that I kind of walk a lot of clients through, but, you know, just to, to, I guess, lighten the mood here a little bit, when you were talking a few minutes ago about, <laughs> about the five, you know, what you were going to do in five years from now, you know, I'm sitting here laughing looking back, because looking back, I bet you never thought, Oh, I want to be a divorce coach. Oh, I oh my gosh. Never. I had no idea. Right. And now I actually, I had a transition period in my career and I was interviewing and somebody asked me, what do you want to do five years from now? And it stumped me. I usually, you know, if you would ask me 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, I had a plan, right? I was going to have a family. I was going to have a career. This is what I was going to be doing. And when she said, what are you going to do five years from now? And I'm thinking, wow, the past five years have really been <laughs> a roller coaster. And not what I was expecting. I don't even know how to answer that question anymore. What am I going to do five years from now? I don't know what I'm doing next week. I don't know what I'm going to be faced with tomorrow morning when I wake up. <laughs> so that, and you, you have know. that type A personality. You like to know what you're doing, your roadmap, and then a bomb goes off in your life or the dynamite just explodes. And you're looking at this pain, you're looking at depth, the depths of this pain, whether it's a divorce, a job loss, a relationship breakup, you know, something, a death, and you're feeling this pain. How, how do you even reconcile, reconcile this pain and take it to your new path, if you will? Well, one of the key terms that I think we all use during the pandemic was pivot, right? And so when you have trauma in your life, that is one thing you need to learn how to do is pivot. And I'm not saying that you need to pick up and move and make a big change, but you just got to pivot just a little bit, right? You don't have to choose path A or path B, but you just need to pivot a little bit. This might be a roadblock, right? This might be a log in the road. You just kind of got to go around it a little bit and you have to look at it that way every day when you wake up. And I think that is so important when you look at, especially a divorce and where you start from and, and where you begin that healing process. And first of all, you're going to start with your heart and you're going to start with reflection. And one of the things actually that, you know, I'm working on as a mini series is called freedom. Mm -hmm. 
and reflection stands is what is the R, right? Reflection. So you have to look at yourself, reevaluate and reflect. And that can be through journaling, that can be through yoga, it can be through meditation. But you need to get in that space where you're really reflecting on your past and focused on where you want to go in your future. And okay, so the F is feel the pain, R is reflecting, and you know, it's finding those quiet moments too. I often find myself Mm -hmm. when I'm in the middle of something, I can fill it up with busyness just so I numb myself, if you will. And it is finding that time to reflect and also own your responsibility. I mean, not in death, not in those kind of situations, but you know, a breakup, a divorce, a chasm in your relationship. It does take two, and I'm not saying anyone deserves this pain, but maybe it's just that you made the wrong choice in a partner or you were so busy at work, you neglected your partner. And I'm just throwing out those examples. No, that's great. One of my favorite books is written by Emily Lay, and it is called Grace, Not Perfection. And in there, she talks about how as a mom, we're so worried and, and even type A, even if you're not as a mom, right? I mean, I was so involved in my career in like type A, like you said, Julie, right? Everything's planned down to the minute of exactly what I got to do. And I have my to-do list. And if I don't get it all done, you know, I feel like a failure that day. And I read this book after the divorce and I, it, it was a, it, it was like throwing a ball in my face, like wake up, Kendra you lost some time with your kids, even though I was there, I wasn't as engaged as much. And when we separated, I wanted to be engaged. And so even though I was type A, I rearranged my schedule, you know, to do laundry and clean their rooms when I didn't have them. And I really engaged with them when I did have them. And I think that's so important is because you need to focus and be present in those moments that that are memories that you're making memories right you don't have to always be on the go and like you said bring that quiet moment in i love you know i just went today i went hiking right i could have filled my day with busyness just like you said right i i like doing things i like crossing off the list but sometimes you have to take yourself out of your current environment put yourself in a different element and just think And that's what I did. I went hiking for an hour and a half and it was great. It's fall here in Ohio. It's really pretty. The leaves are changing. It was super cool. It's 40 degrees, but I felt better afterwards because after hiking, I was peeling off layers and sweating and, but it was great. And I think that happened right after the divorce too. One of the things that I tell my clients is if it's not going to harm your health, say yes to everything that everybody asks you to do, whether it's coworkers or friends, because you never know what opportunity that that's going to bring, whether it's yoga, CrossFit, dinner with them, a lunch you wouldn't do, coming over and watching a movie, right? All of those things are important at that time. And you don't, you might not see it right then, but you understand it's kind of shifting. You're, you're doing that pivot thing. Right. And so one of my friends at the time that I had, when I was going through the divorce, she invited me on a girl's trip. And I always say it saved my life because she is a type like Z. She's on the opposite end of the spectrum of me. Not kidding. I packed all my clothes. I had no idea what we were doing for the weekend. She is a musician and artist. 
and she was going to sing at some gigs in North Carolina. And so I had all my clothes packed. I had no idea what we were doing. She said, be at my house at this time. And I did. And I got in the car. I'll never forget. I asked her, I said, so what time do you sing tonight? And she said, oh, I don't know. And I said, well, what's the plan for the weekend? I don't know. I'm like, okay, this is going to be great. But you know what? Letting your hair down. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was fantastic because it took me out of my environment. It made me change and look at things differently and everything was okay. Like the weekend went great, even though I didn't even have a plan. And I think that really established how I was going to move forward after my separation and what it was going to look like at that point. Wow. And getting a new perspective. So I love that. So your freedom from pain, freedom for that unlocks your life, perhaps a new life. So we have feeling, feel the pain reflecting. Let's go through the rest of them. F R E E. What are the double E's? What do they stand for? Sure. So you're going to make me give away all of my, uh, well, give us <laughs> free at there least. on the mini session. So yeah, but no, we can definitely go over them. So EE. So the first E stands for educate yourself. And what I mean by that is you need to read up, especially if you are in a high conflict divorce, maybe you need a divorce coach such as myself. Maybe you need a life coach. Maybe you need Maybe you need a, you know, read on the psychological part of it, right? I mean, maybe you're dealing with, and I'm going to throw this out here, but like a psychopath of an ex, right? <laughs> when you're dealing with that, you can attack it by educating yourself, understanding from a psychological perspective, understanding from a financial perspective when you're a high conflict divorce, talking to your attorney, making sure you schedule that meeting every you know, couple of weeks. So you understand and you have that contact with them and understand from a financial perspective, how that's going to impact you and what it's going to impact. Right. So just educate yourself. The second E is evolve. Don't limit yourself. Again, this goes back to, you know, saying yes to all of those opportunities, but you really want to, I mean, think about it. Your slate is wiped clean right? When, when you get a divorce or you're separating, your slate's wiped clean. Um, you know, what you knew before as far as holidays and family events are all going to change, right? Your daily activities is all going to change. You don't have to come home to somebody and make dinner. And I'm, you know, speaking for those that do make the dinner, but you don't have to come home and spend time with that person, right? Or you don't have to worry about dinner. You can eat dinner at eight o'clock if you want. You can eat dinner at 530 you have flexibility. So don't limit yourself into a box of this is what I have to do. Wow. I mean, there is so much evolution, if you will, when you are going through a terrible time and the DOM will leave for our next podcast, but you are a wealth of knowledge, Kendra. What is the one piece, if you could just say it in one sentence, what is the one piece of advice you would give to someone right now who is staring a high conflict divorce or a terrible breakup in the face? Don't give up. Don't give give up on yourself. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on your future. Wow. 
And obsessors, you need to know Kendra Beck. She is a revolutionary. She is a legislative advocate. She is changing the face of legislation in the divorce realm and also parental alienation. Check her out. Her link will be in the show notes. She's amazing. I'm obsessed with Kendra Beck. And don't forget, start living your best life. Start doing the work. Start thinking differently every day you wake up. Every day we wake up, we get another chance at this. So do the work and start evolving and tap on those five stars. But before you do, obsessors, get obsessed with your life.